power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say tonight. Tonight. I declare. I declare that my heart. That my heart is open. Is open. Say I declare. I declare that my spirit. That my spirit is open. Is open. Say I declare. I declare that my mind. That my mind is open. Is open. Say I declare. I declare that my heart. That my heart is ready. Is ready. Say I declare. I declare that my spirit. That my spirit is ready. Is ready. Say I declare. I declare. That my mind, that my mind is ready, is ready to receive, to receive the word of God, the word of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless God for a Wednesday evening like this. Amen. And God bless you for coming to church. It's a good thing to come to receive the teaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. And tonight we are continuing with what we've been doing so far, which is looking at the subject of spiritual warfare. Um, We started by the grace of God last week, Wednesday. And I laid down a few facts and um, through the scriptures, I opened your eyes to a few things and a few facts. One of the things I believe we established in the last um, session was the fact that not all forces of darkness are fallen angels. How many of you remember that? Not all of them are fallen angels. And even with the fallen angels, we identified how many categories? Two those who were forced down and those who left their place of abode by their own will. So two different groups. And Jude 6 talks about this second group. Hallelujah. And even Peter also talks about them. And I made mention of the fact that, I mean, the reason why we believe that not all forces of darkness are fallen angels is the fact that when you read the story of Jesus, you read Jesus' um, life, there were times he cast out devils that were resident in people. An example was the madman at the tombs of Gadara who had an entire legion that was dwelling in him. These fallen angels don't need human bodies to operate. They are powerful enough, they are strong enough Even in the Bible, there were times angels could take the form of human beings and come to interact with human beings. So they did not need any human vessel to do the things that they were supposed to do. So it tells us that those ones that are cast out of human beings, those ones that seem to need bodies. And and, and that account of the madman at Gadara, you realize that it's like they were desperate for a body. It's like they can't stay without having a body hallelujah they even beg to be put into pigs that means they are restless without a body these fallen angels were not restless without bodies they could exist on their own hallelujah and so we went through a few theories and we landed on the probability and i say probability because i mean there is no straightforward scripture that says it even though there is there's a book. It's not added to the scripture. It's, it's, it's called the book of Enoch. I'm not saying go and read it. <laughs> the, the only reason I'm referring to the book of Enoch is, that, is, is the fact that it has been referenced in the Bible. Peter referred to it. Um, even Jude. The Jude 1-6 that I quoted. It came from the book of Enoch. Right? There, there, are, there are books that the Bible has mentioned. They talk about the book of Jesha and all of those things. It means they do contain some truths, but for some reason, they were not added to the scriptures. And actually, the book of Enoch states explicitly. Enoch was the one who worked with God, right? And after a while, he was not there. The book of Enoch actually states explicitly that 
demons are the spirits of the Nephilim. They are the spirits of those people who um, came out as a result of the breeding between the sons of God or the fallen angels and human beings. So the book of Enoch, as well as the book of Enoch, it states it explicitly that those are the demons. Hallelujah. In fact, there are other portions of scripture that were quoted from the book of Enoch. When you quote the scripture that says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Even that one, John chapter 7 verse 8, I think, uh, it came from there. Hallelujah. But if not read from Genesis to Revelation, go and look for the book of Enoch. <laughs> Some of you when you say Obadiah, you are looking at Old New Testament. And you are going to look for the book of Enoch. Don't do such things. Hallelujah. They, they, they know why they didn't add it to scriptures. All I'm saying is that it does contain some truths. It does contain some truth. Amen. So today we are going to look at the dynamics of defense and attack in spiritual warfare. The dynamics of defense and attack in warfare. You see, the, the truth is that most of the time when we are talking about spiritual warfare, we think about attack, 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 attack. Like, we think about making the devil uncomfortable. We think about making witches uncomfortable. That aspect is also there. But it is very wrong to approach spiritual warfare from one angle, just from the angle of attack. In fact, in any war, if you are just attack-minded, you leave yourself vulnerable for surprises. Hallelujah. In every fight, in every war, you must have defense also at the back of your mind. You, let me, maybe you, you don't have any experience with fighting or war in the physical, but at least you've watched football before. It's a kind of fight, it's a, it's a war. When Manchester United is playing Chelsea or Liverpool, it's a, it's a kind of war. You can't go into a football match and you are just attack-minded. You just want to score goals. You don't discipline yourself at the back. You don't tighten the back. You will score five goals, but you maybe score six. So at the end of the day, you score five goals, but you still end up losing the match. Hallelujah. So defense is as important as attack. And it's important for believers of today to reorient their minds when it comes to the subject of spiritual warfare, that there is a great deal of it that involves being on the defensive. Hallelujah. Let's go back to our uncle scripture, which is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 down. Ephesians 6, 10 down. Let's read from the New King James Version. Let's read it together. Go. Finally, my brethren. Hey, I can't hear you. It's like I'm the only one who can speak English in there. All right, let's take it again. Go. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Tell somebody, be strong in the Lord. Tell somebody else, be strong in the Lord. Say it again, be strong in the Lord. So he's saying, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Verse 11. Let's go. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. So he's telling us that we must put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that we can stand against the wiles of the enemy. Somebody say stand. I spoke a bit about stand last week. Today I'll go a little deeper into the whole stand thing. It says that you might stand against the wiles of the enemy. The word wiles is an old English term. And if you go to the original Greek, the word there is the word methodea. Somebody say methodea. And this one, you don't need to be a prophet to know what it means. Method the strategies of the enemy so he's saying that you must be strong in the lord and you must put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the methods against the schemes against the devices of the devil hallelujah let's read the verse 12 go for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Withstand 
in the evil day and having done all to what so realize that the 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 clear theme here is stand 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 hallelujah yeah verse 14 stand therefore so standing has come again having gathered your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness next and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace 16 above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god but if you've heard me preach the scripture i keep saying that people end here with these six as the whole armor of god but i believe the verse 18 is also part let's read the verse 18 go praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints hallelujah most of the time when God talks about something being whole or being completed, seven. So why will he end at six? And the seventh one is very, very important. Praying for one another. Hallelujah. Because as I told you the other time, there's nothing for the back. All the important parts have been catered for. But the back, which is very important, hasn't been catered for. So on the battlefield, I need you to watch my back. And you need me to watch your back. And I can only do that by praying for you. Hallelujah. And that is what makes your armor complete being prayed for somebody praying for you amen all right so when it comes to warfare there is aggressive warfare and non-aggressive warfare now I'm talking about warfare in the physical there's aggressive warfare and the non-aggressive warfare so the aggressive warfare you see people actively dropping bombs you see people actively evading the camp of their enemy slaying people killing people doing all sorts of things dropping um nuclear weapons and now that's what biological weapons etc but there's also non-aggressive warfare that one can even be more dangerous than the aggressive warfare so now you hear of warfare tactics like economic sanctions so they'll put economic sanctions on you a country in the war against terrorism financial warfare is one of the key tools that is being used to starve the terrorists of money because when they go to a place and they want to recruit people to come and follow them and and for them to to indoctrinate them with their their, their way of thinking and all of that one of the things they use is money they don't go for people who are established like you and you have a career and you have somewhere going they look for frustrated young men who don't have any employment and they don't have god in their heart and they are looking for an escape i heard an interview of one terrorist in burkina faso you know now um terrorists have taken over about 40 percent of burkina faso it's it's, it's terrible and, and they are in Ghana. The intelligence has that they are, they are actually in Ghana. Recently, they found some in the north. And you see, they start by the indoctrination. So they send their teachers. So they gather the young men. They'll be teaching them radical doctrines and all of that. They caught the, the military. This was information I got from a friend of mine who's in the military. So they had to be deployed there to go and take them out and sack them. When the military people say sack, they can suck you into the ground. <laughs> it means that they've told you to go back where you came from. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. No, sometimes you don't have to have mercy. These people, they can kill. So when you get them, you don't spare them. Hallelujah. Yeah. When the wicked perish, their plans go with them. And they must die. <laughs> yeah. So... It's, it's, it's one of the ways of fighting these people is to starve them of, um, what do you call it, finances. So they trace their financial transactions and things that they do and they block the flow of money. Or if there is a financier somewhere, they'll look for the financier and finish it so that he can, you know. So instead of going to stand toe to toe with them fighting, 
they, you, you can use non-aggressive means. Ghana's independence, for example, it was largely non-aggressive. Probably the most aggressive thing we saw was the, what we call the 1948, uh, the riots. Even though it wasn't anything big, it was strikes and things like that. They were just causing disturbance. Okay, the economy comes to a standstill and everybody say, okay, you have what you want. So there are non-aggressive ways of fighting. Hallelujah. And today, I want to shift your mind from the aggressive way the enemy attacks and the, and the aggressive way the enemy operates to the non-aggressive. We are not paying attention to these things, but the enemy is causing a lot of havoc through this particular method. Hallelujah. It's causing a lot of havoc. And with the non-aggressive, the answer is to stand. Hallelujah. The answer is to stand. The answer is to stand your ground. You see, when, when we talk about stand, as I said last week, it is not like standing and chatting with your friend. It is actually a very serious Roman warfare tactic. Give me the, the picture of the army. The army standing. This is what we mean by standing. So they are standing and they are holding their shields and they've created a blockade. So they are telling the enemy, so this one, they are not, they are not attacking. They are not throwing arrows, nothing. They are saying, enemy, stay where you are. Don't come into my territory. Hallelujah. Don't, don't try and cross. They form a shield and they are there. And there is a very interesting thing about the footwear of the Roman soldiers. You see, Paul was describing these things based on what he has seen. They were living in the time of the Roman Empire. So a lot of things he said, he described according to what he was seeing at the time. When you look at the sandals of the Roman soldiers in those days, there was something peculiar about it. Let me have the, the picture of the sandals. Yes, it had nails under it, spikes under it. And the reason for the, the spikes is that standing, that standing method was a very key thing in the uh, military warfare tactics. So when you have stand, sandals that have spikes and have nails under, when you stand, you dig into the ground and you are unmovable and unshakable. Hallelujah. That, that is what Paul means when he says stand. Because the enemy will, will try and push you out of your territory. The enemy will try and push into your territory. But in all of those things, you must stand. Hallelujah. Let's read um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Sorry, chapter, chapter 10, 3 to 5. We know this scripture. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God. But I want us to read it from the message, the message version. I, I want to break it down for you to understand. I've told you several times that most of the enemy's warfare is not flying in the air, it's not drinking blood. It is aimed at your mind, mindsets. So this is what he says. He says, the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. Next verse. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. But they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. Next. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. Say warped philosophies. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of the life shaped by Christ. Look at the things he's talking about here. He's even talking about emotions. It's one of the areas the enemy attacks us in the most. But unfortunately, we don't see it as spiritual warfare. The enemy attacks your mind. The enemy throws arrows into your mind. He said, fitting every loose thought. There are some of your thoughts that are loose thoughts. They are just loose. You finish thinking it and you are convinced you are nobody in this life. 
May the Lord rebuke that voice in the name of Jesus. Every loose thought and emotion. That depression is not a state of mind. It's an attack of the enemy. It's an attack of the enemy. That anxiety, that fear, that things will never go well, that you, you will never get married, that your children will never do well, and those kind of things, they are attacks from the enemy. And emotion and impulse. Let's look at the meaning of impulse. That some of your actions, you see, it's not aggressive warfare. The, the, the devil wants to achieve something violent by using nonviolent means. When I searched for the meaning of impulse, it said a sudden, strong, and unreflective urge or desire to act. All of this is warfare. That edge to say something. That edge to be rude and talk anyhow. And one of the ways Satan operates, one of the ways demons operate, is to instigate people to do things. Let me give you a typical example. First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. Non-aggressive warfare. Alright, it said now Satan stood up against Israel and did what? He moved David to number Israel. Just as I said, go and number them, go and number them, go and number them. The way you can be there and the devil is pushing you. Go and tell him your peace of mind. Go and speak your mind to him. Impulses. Those are the things you are fighting against. Non-aggressive warfare. He's just moving you, cajoling you to do something which will have far-reaching consequences later. He said he moved David to number Israel. So he was there and, and Satan was just pushing him. Go and do this. Go and do this. Go and do this. Go and do this. May you be able to stand when the devil is trying to move you to do things in the name of Jesus. Say it. Say it. So I always say when it's time for you to keep quiet and just forgive the person. And the devil come. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Hey, are you listening? Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. By the time you finish listening to that song in the spirit, oh my God, you are ready to speak your mind. You are ready to tell it as it is. Impulses. Somebody say impulses. Uh-huh. It's all spiritual warfare. Now jump, the same First Corinthians 21, jump to verse 14 and 15. The consequence, it tells you exactly what the devil wanted to achieve. Verse 14, it says, so the Lord sent a plague upon Israel because David couldn't stand and he yielded to what Satan wanted him to do. Look at the results. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell. When he says fell, it doesn't mean they tripped and fell. They died. 70,000. Next verse. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. As he was destroying, the Lord looked and relented of the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying, it is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Oman the Jebusite. So... It all started. The devil just used a non-aggressive means, just instigate the man to count, and he knows the ways of God. He knew that this thing will cause God to be angry with them. And at the end of the day, seventy thousand. He could have entered the camp of Israel and used aggressive means and said, "I'm killing seventy thousand people." But you see the method, very unassuming. He just targeted one person, one key person instigated him to do something that gave the right for certain things to be done so in your home in your home let me bring it home in your home sometimes the devil can instigate you to do some things and in the process you end up breaking some spiritual laws and in doing that you will open the home up for the enemy to come in and do certain things so for example Father of the house is I feel in my spirit that children shouldn't go for this party. (laughs) 
that is the head as God made it. This one was God. Me had my own way to equal in responsibility, but God made it so that the man is the head. He said, No, I feel in the spirit the children shouldn't go for this woman. And the mother will come, oh no, but this, 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 blah, 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 blah. And behind his back, you dress the children and you take them. What you've done is that you have opened the door for Satan. If they go and they don't come back, instead of the enemy invading your home and bringing sickness and blah, blah, the aggressive ones that we know. It's just impulses just cause you to be rebellious more you broke a spiritual principle and you see when you are not doing things the way god has said you should do it he'll just stand back do it the way you want to do it and the enemy he is quick sharp ready to take advantage of it look the warfare it comes in different ways you are busy binding blah 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 work on that character of yours work on that temple of yours the devil can instigate you to go and stand somewhere and say something disgraceful, insult your father. He is just looking for a way to cut your life short. Because it's been said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in this land. So that's how the warfare happens sometimes. Impulses, it comes in and instigates certain things, certain actions in us. But in all of these, I pray that you will stand in the name of Jesus. You will stand your ground. You stand your ground. You stand your ground. There are a lot of people with emotional issues. The solution is to stand. Because the enemy will come. Just like how you see the children. He will try and break that barrier and enter your space. He will try and break that barrier and enter your mind and plant something into your mind. He tell you, you will never progress in life. And you assimilate it. And you meditate upon it and it becomes a mental stronghold and you realize that ah, now you are believing it the enemy can enter your home and plant a certain idea about your spouse into your mind the person can be 99% good that 1% he will force you to concentrate on that 1% and because you have forgotten about the 99 that 1% becomes 100% and that is how you see the person no 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 this enemy we are, we are dealing with is not a joker at all it's not a joker. There are many people who are not even happy in their Christianity. All because they are listening to the devil. Comparing themselves to other people. Looking at other people's gifts. Meanwhile, you are full of talents, full of gifts, full of graces. You are not looking at yours. You are just concentrating on somebody else's own. I pray that you will stand. When those things are happening, the enemy is just trying to break that shield and enter your space. And you must stand. Hallelujah. You must stand. When you go on further, it talks about the belt of what? Truth. The belt of truth. It's interesting that that is the very first thing the Bible talks about. It's because that is the first thing the enemy will try to go for when he's coming to attack you. You go for the truth. What is the truth? Let's read John chapter 17, verse 17. There's something called a commutative property. Eh? A plus B is equal to B plus A. Alright. It says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, if thy word is truth, then the truth is the word of God. Hallelujah commutative property. Isn't that what they call it? Uh, a plus B is got to B plus A. So if that word is true, then it means truth is the word. That is what the enemy will attack first. And you know why it is so crucial? The belt of truth is so crucial. All the other, most of the other things hang on it. They are attached to the belt. The breastplate is attached to the belt. The sword is attached to the belt. And if you lose your belt, if this trouser of mine is, is loose, if you take off my belt, you have defeated me. <laughs> it's a major defeat. Because the trouser is going to fall down and I'll be naked. You have defeated me. 
one of the ways of embarrassing an opponent in those days when you fight is to strip the person naked so he will go for the truth he will try and remove the belt of truth try and dilute what God has said so you are there and he has planted it in your head you will die today that you have got up like that what tells you you come home you will die he's trying to remove the belt but that is when you use the truth to counter it from the word I shall not die I will live to proclaim the words of the Quote, I, 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 with long life he will satisfy me he comes and plans into your head that you are not progressing in life. Nothing is going on in your life and nothing will go on in your life. You yourself look at your life. Don't you believe this word? And you too, you are saying, yeah. You are preaching to me. You are speaking to me. Oh, you are ministering to me. And you are encouraging him and he's speaking them all. He says you are not progressing in life. You quote, the path of the just shined brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. That is the truth. Because he wants to sell to you a lie. He wants to sell to you a lie. So oh, this sickness, you die. Well, this sickness, your, your mother has you, she will die. Oh, well. Then you counter it with the truth. I desire above all things that you might prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospered. So what has happened is that he has tried to pull the belt, what you are there back, and you have tightened it even stronger. May the devil not take your belt of truth in the name of Jesus. Counter his lies with the truth. Counter his lies with the truth. So look at your family. Look at this. About it to happen to you, bear. You are the next in line. You are the next in line. You see your auntie? You see your mother? <laughs> you see, they say, give you nice genealogy. And you are there. say, hey, it's true, it's true. Anytime you are saying it's true, you are saying preach on, preach on, preach. You are preaching good, you are preaching good. And the enemy too is speaking to you and ministering to you. I pray that that voice will be silenced in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It'll be silenced. The belt of truth is what you go for first. So th- there is a place for defense. So all of these things I'm talking about, we are not attacking anything, no. It's all defense. It's all defense. People neglect this aspect of warfare and the enemy is flooring them in so many ways. There's no attack here. You are defending, standing your ground, making sure the enemy doesn't infiltrate your mind, making sure the enemy doesn't plant things into your mind that are not supposed to be there. You are standing. He said the whole armor of God, that means it's not your armor. It's God's armor. And in fact, this armor, eh, when you read Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah chapter 54 or so. Even God himself has the point, he used breastplate of righteousness and helmet of salvation. God himself. He himself used breastplate of righteousness and helmet of salvation. Let's see Isaiah 59 verse 15. Isaiah 59, 15. He said, yeah, truth faileth. So he's talking about the state of the world where there's no truth. Things are basa basa. It's a messianic prophecy. And he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Verse 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness it sustained him for he put on righteousness word as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak hallelujah that means even God when he's going to do some things he clads himself in these things how much more you that's why we call it the armor of God. It is not your armor or your pastor's armor. Hallelujah. It's the armor of God. It's the armor of God. And you realize that most of them are actually defensive weapons. Most of them are defensive weapons. Breastplate of righteousness. 
helmet of salvation the sandals is the sword that is for offense i'm trying to tell you that most of our warfare we are, is, is defensive just standing on, on your ground so then somebody will ask how would you win if you are playing defensive and you are not attacking how do you win i'll show you <laughs> you see for you to defend and still win then it means you are in the lead <laughs> it means you are in the lead it means you are leading if it's a two-legged match and first leg you are beating your opponent very well you can come to the second leg and just make sure you keep your faith you make sure you are standing just said the defenders are, are keeping their shape the, the defensive midfielders are plugging the channels and making sure no through balls are going and, and you are standing your ground hallelujah and I want you to know that any battle you are fighting the first leg took place 2000 years ago it's the second leg you are playing now you are in a comfortable lead I'm telling you that you are in a comfortable lead just stand your ground and let the referee whistle you see, normally in, in football, eh, it is those who are behind who are aggressive. They are the ones trying to score. That's why the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walketh about like a roaring lion. He knows he's behind. He knows you are winning. And Revelation 12, 12 says, he knows he doesn't have a lot of time. Just say, injury time, eh, then the referee is about to stop the match and he is losing. So he has to do whatever he can. Oh, I, I pray that today you live here knowing that you are in a comfortable lead. You are not just in a lead, but you are in a comfortable lead. Because your general beat them like mercilessly in the first leg. Colossians 2.15. Give me amplified version. I want to show you how he beat them. Like how badly, how bad the defeat was. Give me amplified. Colossians 2.15. He said, God disarmed the principalities and powers. When it says disarm them, it means if they came with guns, if they came with swords, whatever, he took them away from them. That were raged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them, over them in him and, and in it, the cross. Hallelujah. But I like the message one better. Give me the message version of this same scripture. The message. MSG. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. March them naked. Imagine it for five seconds. Just five seconds. Just imagine it for five seconds. Satan, principalities and powers. You're a fearful of the demons in your house. He marched them naked on the streets. That is how badly the enemy lost the first leg. And that is why you are in a comfortable lead. You are in a comfortable lead. You are not defending like somebody who is afraid. You are not defending like somebody who doesn't know his position. Because there's some defense that is out of fear. This one is not out of fear. It's because we are in a comfortable lead. We are leading. We are leading. Sometimes all you have to do is just to stand your ground. Stand in what God has said. Stand in the promises of the word of God. And just wait for the time to come for the fulfillment of the promise. It's as simple as that. When you are leading, you are just waiting for the referee to whistle. And you jubilate. You will be jubilating very soon. Hallelujah. You, you, you will stand and you will jubilate. The Bible says you are, you are like Mount Zion. Unmovable and unshakable. When the enemy comes with things to bombard your mind, you will stand. You will stand. You will stand. Our defense is not fear defense. No, no, no. It is from a position of trial. It's from a position of being in a lead. And it's not just a lead, but a very comfortable lead. This one is a comfortable lead to match the enemy naked. That means it was a football match. This one is not 3 nil, 5 nil, like 10 nil, 15 nil. So you know, second leg, even if you sleep, at the end of the day, you'll be a victor. 
I pray that any battle you are fighting, may, may you go with the mentality of somebody that is in the lead. Don't make the enemy feel strong and make the enemy feel himself. You are the one that is in the lead. You are the one that is in the lead. You are in the lead. So someone will ask, is it all about defense? It's not all about defense. At times you have to show the enemy you just show him something small something small <laughs> because as I standing there's a place for binding there's a place for trampling and these ones they are not defensive things you are you are you are being aggressive hallelujah you are being aggressive even though most of the time it is standing you'll be doing that times when the enemy is misbehaving and becoming too comfortable, you show him where he's supposed to be. And that one too, you are coming from a position of victory. Hallelujah. You are coming from a position of victory. A lot of people misunderstand the scripture. When the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. People imagine a situation where the gates of hell are attacking us and the bible is saying they will not prevail that means they will not overcome us it's a very nice sentimental way to look at it but that is not it hallelujah in warfare as i've said there are weapons of attack and weapons of defense gates are not used for attack they are for defense so you hide behind the gates as a defense and it says i will build my church that means the church is marching the church is moving forward and the gates of hell will not prevail again. That means the gates are going to come down and we are going to enter the camp of the enemy and do whatever it is that we want to do. So there's a place where now we are attacking. Hallelujah. So it's not just about defending. There are times we march at the gates of hell. There are times we launch an assault on the gates of hell. There are times we launch missiles into the camp of the enemy. So that one too is there. So if somebody tells you it's all about defense, no, it is not the full counsel of God. There's a place where we need to stand in the victory Jesus has won for us and put the enemy in his right place. When you look at Jesus' encounter with the devil in the wilderness, majority of it he was defending. When he comes, he said, then he'll quote. He'll stand on the truth. He'll come with a lie, trying to remove his belt. He said, uh-uh-uh, you ain't gonna strip me naked. I am going to strip you naked when I go to the cross later. I'm not going to give you the chance to do that now. He came again, used the word, third time, used the word defense. But then he decided that, look, you are coming near me too much. Let me put you in your place. He said, get behind me, Satan. So majority of the time it was defensive. But on that one occasion, he decided to show the devil a little bit of power. Hallelujah. Yes, so there is a place for showing the devil power. There's a place for attacking the gates of hell. When you can see the enemy pouring in on your home, he's pouring in on your life, pouring in on your family. You need to stand in authority of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus. As we go on, I'll, I'll show you some of the weapons that are at, at, at our disposal and what they mean and exactly how to deploy them. Because sometimes we have the weapon, but we don't know how to use them. If you have a gun and you are throwing it at the enemy, to hit his head and cause a bomb. You are misusing the gun. You are underutilizing the power of the gun. Hallelujah. So there are a lot of weapons we have in the Bible. The blood is there. The, the name of Jesus is there. I showed you one during the fasting and prayer. The whirlwind of the Lord. The spear of the Lord is there. There are a lot of weapons. We need to know how to deploy them. When to deploy them and how to deploy them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray for you that God will give you the grace to stand in the place of warfare. Don't think of warfare just as devils flying. It is happening all the time. It's happening. The scripture that says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you know what he was talking about? Do you know what he was talking about? He was talking about anger. He was talking about anger. Everyday things. The warfare is in the everyday things. He said resist the devil. He will flee from you. He was talking about anger, being angry. You won't think that is a way that an enemy will attack you. But you see, these things are subtle, non-aggressive forms of warfare. 
may god open your eyes to these strategies of the enemy may god open your eyes to these wiles of the enemy and may god give you the grace to stand and to win against the enemy in jesus name amen put your hands together for the lord let's stand to our feet you want to pray that lord the lord himself will pour more light into this word in your life in the name of jesus lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray maybe you are even battling with some of the things that i mentioned today you want to declare that the power to stand has been given unto you through the word of god the enemy ministers many things to your mind the enemy ministers many things into your ears but today in the mighty name of jesus we silence those voices we silence those voices we silence those voices in the mighty name of jesus we silence those voices let every voice that is not the voice of God be silenced in the name of Jesus. Commit your impulses into the hands of God. Your tendencies. Lift up your voice, lift up your voice. May God give you the strength to stand against the wiles of the enemy, the methods of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, Red of every attack on your emotions every attack on your impulses ah, may god give you the strength today to stand in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god stand fast therefore in the liberty wherein christ jesus has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage let every yoke of bondage be broken in the mighty name of jesus Roshada katana makapanaba, e raba baba ba, sono molo molo moshanda labara ba, kora do seketele balaba, reba baba 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 ba. May your defenses be strengthened today. In the name of Jesus, let your defenses be strengthened today. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your walls be strengthened today. In the name of Jesus, may you stand. May you stand. May you receive the grace to stand in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Let mental strongholds be broken in the name of Jesus. We mute the voice of the enemy. We mute the voice of the enemy. We mute the voice of the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Every image of yourself that the enemy has painted, that is not from God. May it be erased by the blood of Jesus today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Maybe yours is in the area of your impulses. The things you say impulsively. The things you do impulsively. Pray that the Lord will be your helper. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because it is a doorway. It is, it is, it is an invitation for the enemy to destroy certain things out of your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth if it is about controlling what you say may God give you the grace to stand and control what you say in the name of Jesus if it is about how you react to things may God give you the grace to react appropriately to things when you have to keep quiet may you have the grace to keep quiet in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the Son of the Living God, that you will stand against the instigations of the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, lift up your voice and pray for the next two minutes. Shalaba, 
Defenses are strengthened in the name of Jesus. That our defenses are stronger in the name of Jesus. That by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the finished work of the cross, we stand in that victory that was won for us 2,000 years ago. And we say to the enemy, out of our territory in the mighty name of Jesus. We command every voice that is not the voice of God. That ministers discouragement. That ministers low self-esteem. That ministers all kinds of things. Inferiority complex. We bind those voices and we silence them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. And we declare that from today, we are standing in the truth of the word of God. And that it is only the report of the Lord about us that we will believe. We will not believe the report of the enemy. We will not believe the sayings of the enemy. We will not believe the lies of the enemy. We will not believe the half-truths of the enemy. We will not take the misinformation from the enemy. We will not tolerate the disinformation from the enemy. Because we know the truth. And the truth is what shall stand. We declare this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Take your seat. Blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!